fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. With Pat and Stu for Glenn this week, uh, you can check out my show, uh, Pat Gray Unleashed, immediately preceding this, and then you can listen to the pod- podcast at your leisure at any time and point. Um, so last night's Democrat debate, pretty agonizing, as was the night before. You say um, you said on the pre-show, Stu, that y- you... You disliked this group even more than the first night's group? Yeah, I really did. Uh, watching mm. it, you know, I had to watch both of the entire debates because it's part of our stupid job. <laughs> yeah. And it's hard, the, though. The, yeah, it is really Every hard. minute, I want to stop. It, every every minute. single minute. It's like, you know, it's like if you... Uh, now, I know this would not necessarily um, uh, relate to you, but I think it mm. may relate to a couple people in the audience, which is when you had a lot to drink and... You go, you're back up near the bar and someone's like, hey, how about shots for everyone? And you have that moment of like, your body is screaming at you. Don't do it. Mm-hmm. Please don't do it. Not another one. But you're like, uh, I kind of have to. I'm here. All the people are around me. There's that weird feeling like you just kind of, you don't want to be the one who's, who's uh, you know, who's bailing on the party. Mm-hmm. And then you do it and you vomit uh, you know, profusely all night. Mm. What you're about to hear is a program where we're vomiting profusely all night. That is the entire thing. Because last, every you're right. Every other person that begins speaking, I think to myself, "Don't do it. Don't stay here. <laughs> Don't take another shot." And then I do, and it's yeah. it's painful. I you know, night one I thought was was at least interesting in the idea that you had people who were saying. Uh, I have a moderate view uh, or a more moderate view than the crazy socialists. And then they were debating things I thought at least of substance where last night it was just everyone picking on Joe Biden. I mean, it would, I mean, Kirsten Gillibrand was shameless. Mm-hmm. I, you know, she has developed an immunity to shame. And I don't know how you do that. That's tough to do. But she has developed She's it. super unlikable, too. Super unlikable. And she went to this ridiculous attack about some op-ed Joe Biden wrote in 1879. Yeah. About, yeah. about trying to protect families. And you can just... That's you would something. Have that, cause you, you yeah, can hear I, her, we do have that. Uh, you can hear her trying. Like, you, look, I just want to know what he meant by that. Yeah, like, really, is that... You, didn't, you just magically... Were offended by a forty-year-old op-ed today. That—that's what happened. And you're just curious. You could have asked him probably a thousand times when you've been talking to him in private over the past uh, years if this was really offending you. Uh, but instead, you're bringing it up on the debate stage. It's just transparent. Let's uh, let's play that. Uh, Gillibrand and Biden talking about women who work. Cut eighteen. I just need to understand, as a woman who's worked my entire career as the primary wage earner, oh. as the primary caregiver. Oh. In fact, the second, my second son Henry is here, and oh. I had him wow, uh, when I was a member of Congress. So, under mm-hmm. Vice President Biden's analysis, am I serving in Congress, oh. resulting in the deterioration of the family because I had access to quality, affordable this daycare? Is her trying to do the I just want to know what he meant mm-hmm. when he said that. That was a long time ago, and here's what it was about. It would have given people making today $100,000 a year a tax break for child care. I did not want that. I wanted the child care to go to people making less than $100,000. So he's answered this. And that's what it was about. Mm-hmm. As a single father who, in fact, raised three children for five years by myself, I have some idea what it costs. <laughs> I support I mean, making sure her. that... Oh, yeah. 
Every yeah. single solitary person needing child care get an $8,000 tax credit. Not good now, enough, though. That Shit. would put 700,000 women back to work, increase the GDP by almost eight-tenths of 1%. It's the right thing to do. If we can give tax breaks Thanks. to corporations for these things, why can't we do it this way? But, Mr. Thank Vice you. President, you didn't answer my question. Oh. What did oh. you mean when what, you, what you said... Mean? When mm-hmm. a woman works outside the home, it's uh-huh. resulting in, quote, the deterioration quote. of family. No, and I, that we are avoiding. These are quotes. It was the title of the op-ed. She repeats and this to get the viral moment because she needs to have we it encapsulated. We know America's women are working. Yep. Four she, out of ten moms have to work. They are the primary mm-hmm. or sole wage earners. They actually have to put food on the table. Eight out of ten moms are working today. <laughs> Most women All right, have we get to the work point. to so yeah. stop for a second. I, you know, look, and, are, and you know what the deal is. It may have been, it may have even been at the time, because 40 years ago, people believed that one of the parents should be home to raise the kids. Mm -hmm. People just believed that. Mm -hmm. I know it's ancient, ancient thinking and so, so, so wrongheaded that children should be raised by parents. They they should be raised by TV. We know that now or video games or a daycare center. Um, If you're Kirsten Gillibrand, that's what you think. That's just as good as either one of the parents being. Are you saying the uh, someone who's raising the kid by an an iPad is a bad parent? No, I'm saying that's the way to go now. Okay, because you said video games and you said television. I was you did not mention tablets, and I was concerned. I'm sorry, that was an egregious (laughs) oversight. What did you mean by that? I would like to know, as a parent who is raising their kid via iPad, I would like to know what you meant by that. (laughs) Can we all admit that it is the optimal situation if you can? For one of the parents to be home and great. raise your kids. Right. It's a right? great option to have. It's not always available to everyone. No, but we all know but the, yeah. the ideal situation is if one of the parents can be home, then be home and raise the kids. Right. But like what's really bad. And again, Gillibrand is terrible. She's trying to do what Kamala Harris did last time. Right. She's trying to have this big viral moment. Yep. And here's the thing. You're talking fakey outrage. Like your your concept is well, it's really hard to raise a, a kid as a single parent. You're talking to a guy who tragically lost his wife in a car crash. Yeah, right. Like this is the one guy who really does have experience uh, in this world. As he said, he was a single dad for a while. <laughs> yes, I mean, you know, Jeez. it is. It's one of those things where she's just not good at this. She's pathetic. And she just needs to just drop out and go away. I don't think she has any chance of mm-hmm. making the next debate. She uh, did not perform well at all last night. Uh, and at some level, the average person would say, I'm embarrassing myself in front of the nation <laughs> and I need to stop doing it. Well, that, but she, that would require having person. some shame. Some shame. And yeah, she's immune which, to it. Yeah, they, they don't. All right. Triple eight. 727-BECK, it's Pat and Stu for Glenn on the Glenn Beck Program. More in 60 seconds. This is the Glenn Beck Program. This is an advertisement paid non-attorney spokesperson Ricky LeBlanc admitted in Massachusetts only. Sokolov Law, LLC, Chestnut Hill, Mass, Paul J. Morgan, Winter Park, Florida. Greg Hobby, New Jersey, Michael Bro Gonzalez, admitted Louisiana. While this firm maintains joint responsibility, most cases of this type are referred to other attorneys for principal responsibility. Mesothelioma. If you know what mesothelioma is, you or someone you love has likely been affected by this devastating cancer. You may be entitled to compensation. Call Sokolov Law today. 1-800-513-1816. The only known cause of mesothelioma is asbestos exposure. Thousands of U.S. veterans and trade workers are at risk for the disease. Nearly $30 billion in court-ordered trusts has been set aside to pay money to asbestos victims. If you or a loved one has been diagnosed with mesothelioma, call now. You may 
be able to receive compensation without ever going to court or filing a lawsuit. Call for a free legal consultation at 1-800-513-1816. That's 1-800-513-1816. Pat and Stu for Glenn, 888-727-BECK. We, should, we remembered that there was uh, a little some, something extra uh, at the end of this clip, so we need to f- the finish the uh, Gillibrand-Biden exchange here. Because uh, Joe kind of, I mean, he does a good job. He does of, a good job here. Of, yeah. yeah, watch this. Most Listen. women have to work to provide for their kids. Many women want to be working to provide for their communities <laughs> you, and Senator. to help people. Let so the Vice President either you don't believe you. it today or what did you mean when you said it In then? In the very beginning, my deceased wife worked, but we had children. My present wife has worked all the way through raising our children. The fact of the matter is the situation is one that I don't know what's happened. I wrote the Violence Against Women Act, Lily Ledbetter. I was deeply involved in making sure there the equal pay amendments. I was deeply involved in all these things. I came up with the It's On Us proposal to see to it that women were treated more decently on college campuses. You came to Syracuse University with me and said it was wonderful. I'm passionate about the concern making sure women are treated equally. I don't know what's happened except that you're now running for president. So I understand. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Vice President. Uh, Mr. Vice President. It's kind of a burn there. I respect uh, you that, deeply. I respect you I don't deeply. Know we, yeah, we, we don't need a response. She, just she, just she does it again, around. by the way. She does it again. Yeah. But, but, but yeah, those words, and I would like to know what you meant by those words that I'm trying to get a viral video at to raise more money. Why aren't you responding directly? <laughs> because I need these to be together so there's not an edit, and then I can send it out to donors. That is like is legitimately what she's doing doing Mm -hmm. and she just gets destroyed in that exchange and you know it is so true she is transparently awful when it comes to consistency she really did run as a congressperson as a you know like a john delaney right she's like a conservative democrat yeah on Um, immigration mm -hmm. and i think even abortion and several other issues she was much more conservative than she is now and she's as soon as she ran for statewide office she completely changed into a a hardcore leftist and as biden points out and it's interesting because he's got this sort of information on every one of these people every one of these candidates he has had backroom conversations with because they were all begging him for attention and position and to heighten their profile because biden obviously was in the white house for eight years uh, under a president by the way that has something like a 95 percent approval rating among among democrats so this is not a it's not a situation where the you know biden is unfamiliar with these characters they're all just a they're just shameless yeah. I couldn't believe the things they were saying about this guy. And again, I, I don't like Joe Biden. And not just him. Yeah, not but just him. Obama. Yeah. They they're after they're Obama. going after mm-hmm. Obama and his record. It's like, okay, so have you guys, are, has Obama been taken off the throne of God himself? Because at one point, that's almost who they believed he was. Yeah, yeah. I would love to see, I, I'd love to hear from today uh, a Democratic a normal democratic voter or if you happen to be married to a normal democratic voter or have one in your household that was watching the debate with you because i wonder if a, the average democratic voter felt the same way that i did and i don't like joe biden i think he would be a horrific right. president yeah. right and i know i mm-hmm. think he, i don't think he's a i don't 
think he would be not only a good president, but he's not honest. There's a lot of problems I have with the guy. But it was so over the top. The attacks were so ridiculous against him that I almost felt bad for him. I was like, this is just like they're just piling on him with these fake attacks. And these are people that he's had relationships with that he's helped over this time. And it felt so over the top and ridiculous. I wonder if this, the average Democratic voter was like the same thing. This is ridiculous. I mean, they, they're mm-hmm. not even trying to hide that this is blatantly political. I mean, they were not. These were not valid attacks. And then, there, you know, I don't even know what Cory Booker was doing. I know his eyes were wide open. He was seeing everyone in the crowd. That I know. Because that is something he signals every time he speaks. And I think you get the impression by watching Booker that everything he says, he's practiced in front of a mirror for 20 minutes beforehand. Mm-hmm. And he's very, his eyes light up because he's seeing himself. And he really likes seeing himself. He likes his reflection. He loves his face. He loves that he's on camera <laughs> all the time. And he just comes off as so prepared and fake. And every mm-hmm. one of these debates afterwards, the same things happen. And I don't know if I'm just completely out of touch, but the Heeks constantly praised for his performance. And I sit back, and I'm just like, what, what were they watching? What, what program were they watching? Cory Booker is so, um, is so false. He's trying too hard all the time. And at the end of the day, I don't know how that connects to people, but I guess it does for some, at least in the media. The media is constant praise for Cory Booker. Constant. They think he's the greatest mm-hmm. guy in the world. Every single one of these things, they say he does a great job on. I thought he was terrible last night. Terrible. We should uh, play some examples of how terrible he was uh, coming up in about 60 seconds. Wi-Fi is spelled W-I-F-I. Unfortunately, for many people, it also spells TMI, as in too much information, because Wi-Fi, whether public or right in your own home, even if it's password protected, isn't always private. Cyber criminals can use Wi-Fi to steal information that you send and receive while online, whether that's credit card numbers, account login information, or your social security number. To help put a stop to TMI on Wi-Fi, you need Norton Secure VPN. Norton Secure, a virtual private network. Norton Secure VPN starts at $3.33 a month with an annual subscription, so go to Norton.com slash VPN. That's Norton.com slash VPN. Don't let Wi-Fi, public, or in your home mean TMI. Get Norton Secure VPN ASAP. Protection starts at less than 4 bucks a month. Terms do apply. Norton.com slash VPN. And Stu for Glenn, 888-727-BECK. So we're talking about Cory Booker and his awful performance. Uh, what was this Kool-Aid thing all about? Here's a little exchange between Joe Biden and, and Cory Booker. For the entire eight years he was mayor, there was nothing done to deal with the police department that was corrupt. Why did you announce in the first day a zero tolerance policy of stop and frisk and hire Rudy Giuliani's guy in 2007 when I was trying to get rid of the crack cocaine. Um, Mr. Vice President, there's a saying in my community, you're dipping into the Kool-Aid and you don't even know the flavor. Uh, you need to, you need to come to the city of Newark and see the reforms that we put in place. The New Jersey head of the ACLU has said that I 
embraced reforms, not just in action, but in deed. Sir, oh. you were trying to shift the view from what you created. I mean, I get cringe chills You're trying watching to him try to pull that line off. Into the Kool-Aid yeah. when you don't even know the flavor. Oh, wow. Now, That's... I am not the most cultured man <laughs> in America, Pat. Uh-huh. Um, so the you're dipping into the Kool-Aid, but you, you're unaware of the flavor. First of all, flavor is always labeled on the, it's on the outside of the, of the container. Well, Very it, easy to... If you're dipping into it, it's obviously in a bowl of some kind, and you can see what flavor it is. Right, because they're colored. Yeah, yeah, like yeah they're purple colored. Purple would be grape. <laughs> right. Uh, Red would be maybe strawberry or flavored maybe or cherry. cherry. Right. You're gonna Orange get... would be, I don't know. Orange flavored. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we have <laughs> it's a first, dumb and, expression. And so let's say you get the flavor wrong. You get another delicious flavor of Kool-Aid. Is that oh, the no. outcome here? That sounds terrible. Here's a guy, by the way, you know, here's a guy who has who has spent years walking through the walls of apartments and saying, oh, yeah, to people. <laughs> When it comes to the Kool-Aid man. The Kool-Aid man. He has been mm-hmm. delivering real information on Kool-Aid for decades. Right. And Cory Booker comes in here with this ridiculous saying and tries to throw all of that information spreading out the window. You know, the it's, wrong. it's wrong. It's wrong of him to do. <laughs> I, uh, I, I'm fascinated by this because, I mean, look, I understand that perhaps I don't have the connection to some of these things that maybe I need to understand the Cory Booker. Cause, cause yeah, Corey do Booker's you live in his community? He's a man no, of the you people don't. with his multiple condos mm-hmm. that are worth hundreds of thousands of dollars. Uh, his multiple businesses he's started up and somehow got millions of dollars of funding without any knowledge of how to actually run the businesses, which are now out of business. Um, and he was doing that while mm. he was a mayor of a city. Cory Booker's, uh, his history of corruption in that city is is fascinating. We did an entire episode on it a few weeks ago on the television show. But the idea that uh, so you're dipping, trying to understand it, you're dipping into the Kool Aid, but you don't know the flavor. It just doesn't seem all that problematic to me. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Like, I just because let's say you think it's strawberry, okay, but yeah. it turns out to be orange. Yeah, like I are you gonna vomit? No, it's I don't, just I don't really, so. it really tastes good still. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's a delicious sugary drink. I mean, it's and as not... soon as it's in your glass, don't you see that? Hey, I, oh, I thought that was cherry, but no, it's orange. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I'm going to drink it now anyway. Um, now there is a there's a pathway here, Pat, for people like us. If you dip into the Kool Aid mm-hmm. and you find out it's Roundup, that might That's be about... a different issue. <laughs> <laughs> now Actually, you got a problem. I have I have had a drink of Roundup, so for me it would not yeah. be a problem. But, but for it's some, it icky. Might. Right? Maybe rat poison might be a better uh, a better <laughs> <laughs> a better example. So um, there is a pathway though for people like us, Pat, to bridge the gap between our community, the uh, evil white, whitey, mm-hmm. white tastic community of the t- suburbs where we've walled off our community in a bubble uh, so that no one else of color can get into it. That community that I assume that we live in because because mm-hmm. we voted conservative in the past. Uh, and the community of Cory Booker, not the one that he's making millions of dollars and living in a beautiful condo in the nicest area of Washington, D.C., not that Cory Booker, but the one that he's portraying here, you know, a man of the people of the streets. That's him. He knows this talk. This is natural for him. That wasn't the first time he had ever said that in his entire life. <laughs> this, the, that pathway, however, to the, the bridge there is called UrbanDictionary.com. 
Now, if you go to UrbanDictionary.com and you type in something you don't understand, it will attempt to tell you what it means. So here, don't be dipping in the Kool-Aid when you don't know the flavor, apparently means when you say to a dumb person that they are getting in your business. Mm-hmm. Now, I should, I should point out, you may have heard B-U-S-I-N-E-S-S. It's actually B-I-Z-N-E-S-S. So when they're getting in your business. Or messing with stuff they don't need to be messing with. And we have a, an example a sentence here for you. Um, Bill, if Bill were to say, LMAO, I bet she dumped you because you were a cheap ass. Nick might respond, man, don't be dipping in the Kool-Aid when you don't know the flavor. <laughs> and I think now with that perspective, yeah. we can all understand yeah. and appreciate what Booker was talking about, which by the way... What he was, t- uh, what Biden was talking about was accurate. You know, look, is it a terrible thing to hire uh, Rudy Giuliani's guy to to work on security in a major city? Well, Rudy did a pretty freaking good job with it, so I don't think that that is a Rudy turned that town around. Yeah, I he mean, and his people. Now, the Rudy Giuliani of today has looked that differently. Yes, right, right. Uh, but he, back in early nineties, yeah. right. I mean, he fixed Times Square. He tur- he did turn New York around, and Giuliani did this for uh, cities all around the country he you know doing consulting and stuff for cities all around the country and america Mm -hmm. to try to replicate those same results so the fact that booker did that is not actually controversial but you see booker avoiding it because now giuliani's tied to trump and you can't say anything good about trump i mean they called him a white nationalist last night on television uh, flat out racist flat out racist multiple times they said he was helping al-qaeda i mean it is they just cannot stop themselves Did you know, on average, it takes police 45 minutes to respond to a home security alarm? That's almost an hour. But it's not because the police are lazy or anything like that. It's because when a home security system is triggered, most of the time, it's a false alarm. And the call goes to the bottom of the 911 list. But not if you have Simply Safe Home Security. Simply Safe can visually confirm that a break in is happening and they let the police know. Only with Simply Safe. They protect every door, window, and room. There's no contract, hidden fees, or fine print. And the around the clock monitoring starts at $15 a month simply safe they've got a huge deal going on right now if you just go to simplysafe.com slash glenn and get a free hd security camera when you order that's a hundred dollar value you'll have eyes on your home 24 7 get your free hd security camera now at simplysafe.com slash glenn today that's simplysafe.com slash glenn pat and Stu for glenn on the glenn Beck program uh fascinating uh, to to watch the spectacle that was the Democrat debate last night and the night before too, but they were both agonizing. Um, some interesting aspects on the um, on on some of the policies, and we'll get around to that. But um, the healthcare situation—did you were you aware? First of all, it's, it's apparently going to cost thirty trillion dollars in taxation. Thirty thirty trillion dollars. That's over, over ten years and crazy. That is- absolutely a low estimate well i talked to brian Reed last they're week using yeah. that estimate that's theirs that's it's got to be double that estimate. at least yeah it's got to be at least double you know and it doesn't even include so much were you also aware that even then there's a deductible i didn't know that oh yeah i didn't know there was a deductible on top of the tax it's wow i mean you have to and wow this, it also goes along with massive middle class tax hikes 
massive. Which they try to get around by saying, well, you're, no, your overall cost is going to be way lower. First okay, of all, so you're saying no that way. because I'm not paying health care pre- premiums, uh, the tax is going to, that will negate the tax increase? This is, no. This has no always way. been a hilarious part of the argument about single-payer health care. Ridiculous. Because instead of, they keep saying, well, you're going to get free health care. No, they're going to create a new line on your paycheck. And instead of it coming, going, you know, you, the line now that talks about your health care, that's going to be replaced by a tax line that is going to be more than what you're doing now. That's, the, that's what this is going to be. Yeah. So you're going to say, oh, it's free. But no, there's a giant tax line that takes all of the money away. And it's going to be more for you, especially if you, God forbid, are one of these rich people that earns more than $40,000 a Holy year. You're going to get destroyed by this thing. Well, here's what Bill de, Bla- de-, Bill de Blasio in his opening statement was unbelievable last night. Listen mm-hmm. to this. To the working people of America, tonight I bring you a message of hope. Oh, good. We can make change in this country. I know from personal experience it can be done. When I became the mayor of the nation's largest city, I set us on a path of bold change. They said it couldn't be done, but we gave pre-K to every child for free. We got rid of stop and frisk and we lowered crime. We raised the minimum wage to $15 an hour. Yes, it can be done. Now, tonight, we have to get to the heart and soul of who we are as Democrats. There are good people on this stage, but there are real differences. Joe Biden told wealthy donors that nothing fundamentally would change if he were president. Kamala Harris said she's not trying to restructure society. Well, I am. For 40 years, working people have taken it on the chin in this country. For 40 years, the rich have gotten richer and they paid less and less in taxes. It cannot go on this way. When I'm president, we will even up the score and we will tax the hell out of the wealthy to make this a fair country and to make sure it's a country that puts working people first. Uh, Okay, that's as strong a class warfare statement as I've ever heard in this country. Yeah. That's just flat-out Marxism. Mm -hmm. It's the bourgeoisie versus the proletariat. Mm -hmm. I'm going to tax the hell out of the wealthy? Oh, okay. Well, um, let me donate to your uh, candidacy because I really want to be taxed (laughs) until I can't have any more. I I don't have a single penny left in my bank account. Please, take it all. What I'm looking for is a ceiling on my achievement. I don't why I what happens if I achieve too much and make you too don't want to make any more than fifty thousand a year, oh right? Oh my gosh. Fifty thousand twenty year, I mean for twenty one person twenty thousand a year. A thousand. <laughs> yeah, I think Andrew Yang will give us a thousand a month. Maybe that's enough. Uh, maybe. Maybe that's wait, that might be too much. <laughs> <laughs> it's so ri- I mean, it is, it is. at blatant it's class. Ridiculous. Form. And you have to understand, of course, this is who de Blasio is. We yeah. all know his history in that he is he is essentially a communist. A, you could say communist if you want to say socialist. That's fine too. Mm-hmm. But the bottom line is he is he is Marxian in the way he thinks. And the other two things about De Blasio, which are important to, to to know, if you don't know him and you're not in New York, number one, he has absolutely no shame. He will say anything mm-hmm. at any time for any reason. If it benefit, he would call his own mom a serial killer and accuse her, him publicly for thirty cents off a coffee. <laughs> like that is the type of person he is. He mm-hmm. has no shame. He is a a terrible, terrible human person. being and even the people in new york who vote for him believe that like his approval ratings in new york are disastrous he is the least popular candidate in the entire field uh yeah they don't even like him in new york in the, or in the democratic party yeah so his idea is 
he's also, I would say, ballsy, right? He, he'll come out and say it. He is a New Yorker, and he'll come out and he'll, he will fire. Uh, and he did that all night last night. He went after Biden multiple times. Uh, he went after Kamala Harris a couple of times. He's trying mm. really hard to break out of that 0 to 1% range he's in. And he has he does not have that sense in him that like, oh, wow, if I do something embarrassing, then I'm going to look terrible and people are going to he does not feel that way. He just goes for it. He does not care. So these attacks and and him going to this level of of saying things that no one else will say in the Democratic Party, like attacks the hell out of the rich people. I mean, the only other person you could see that coming out of the mouth of is maybe Bernie Sanders. Um, And. He does that because he does not his his path to the presidency is to be a big jerk to everybody on stage. And number two, Mm -hmm. be to the left of everyone, including Bernie Sanders. He he is actually attempting to get to the left of Sanders, which no one else is really trying. Even Warren Warren wants to be seen to the right of Bernie Sanders slightly like she wants to be seen as the more acceptable alternative to Bernie, but pretty much still a socialist. He wants to, you know, de Blasio wants to get to the left of of Sanders to get that activist socialist vote on his side, which gets him to two or three percent. And then he can get into the next round of debates and try this all over again. Mm-hmm. But it's a t- it's not a winning philosophy. You know, it's like that. Uh, it's very much like the the boxer who's like who was like the guy at the gym. He got in a couple fights at a bar and maybe he won a bar fight or two and then he's going in against like mike tyson uh in his prime and you know mm-hmm. the guy will come in and he'll throw some big punches and he'll he'll miss and then he'll get knocked out and that's going to be the de blasio campaign but he is not going to go he's not going to play defense he's not going to come out there and try to jab a few times he's he's going to throw wild punches and just pray that something connects and he's shameless so he's able to at least attempt it he does not feel the pain that you would feel from the mike tyson punch <laughs> So I, it was pretty embarrassing, I thought, uh, by de Blasio. He's, he was, I'm not surprised to see that he made a little bit of noise. but I mean, He was also protested last night. Yeah. They're yelling and screaming about what the cop. What was that about? The, remember the Eric Gardner situation and where yes. he was, what, selling big, big guy um, and black. And so that created the controversy because he was killed by a white cop. And he had, I think he was selling cigarettes on the street. Right, loose cigarettes. Right, yes, I do remember this And one. the police told him not to, and then pretty soon he jumped on his back and started the chokehold. And he's a big guy. And they had his arms pinned behind his back. They, he, they were on top of him, and mm-hmm. he, he was, kept was, saying, I can't breathe, I can't breathe. Please, let me up, let me breathe. And they suffocated him to death. Yeah. And that was... Really the, a horrible now, uh, situation. There isn't... So a, he he's up for whether or not to remain on the police force now and they're trying to decide whether or not he's going to get fired he already didn't face charges for it so uh now they're trying to decide whether he stays on the force or not and it does not seem that you know look the way this was presented was uh the (laughs) this guy took off his hood to do the suffocation it does seem like it's more of a case of uh, excessive force not because of race yes it doesn't seem like any there's no evidence that it stems from racism no it just happens to be that one guy was black and one guy was white so we automatically apply it like we do with the president right like he's talking about cummings and so he must be racist it's just one of the few situations that everybody talked about that it was one of the worst ones I it think. was it was right? bad i mean like yeah. some of these some of these situations where a police officer does something like this you know a lot of them are just 
it's just not true. Yeah. The, the story's totally different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This one was really rough, really rough. Was. Hard to understand how it occurred. Mm-hmm. I mean, it really, really was hard to understand. It was. I mean, you know, we've, we've talked to officers over Sad. the years who have said, like, look, you, this guy's a huge guy. You know, you, you don't understand when you're in that in that mode and you feel like your life is in danger. But, I mean, that one really didn't look like that at all to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, uh, the, po- the point is, I think de blasio getting protested for that is interesting in that like he is not a pro cop guy not at all de blasio is 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 a man that i would have incredible amount of difficulty going to work under his his uh supervision he administrates the the police uh you know the mayor's office is the administrator for the police department and this is a guy who in the last debate said i had to tell my black son about all the mean cops who might kill him like that was his big statement last time in the debate can you go to work for that guy the next day if you're a police officer? You're a police officer and you're doing your best to come back home to your family and, depend, and, and defend the you know innocent people who are victims of crime. No, the cops hate him. Oh my, they absolutely hate him. I don't know that I could come to work. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I could even show up under, under Bill de Blasio. So the fact that hard. he's being protested because he's not... Uh, because he hasn't fired that cop. Well, yeah, like, that's <laughs> amazing. an amazing coincidence. Yeah, it is. It shows that you, you, there's no way you can ever be safe. You're never going to be woke enough. You're never going to be pro-LGBT enough. You're never going to be pro uh, anti-cop enough. None of these things exist. There's not a place you can be in which you're safe, which you've been critical mm-hmm. enough of Republicans, critical enough of conservatives. There's no safe place. There really isn't. Mm-hmm. Um, but, of course, de Blasio is such a jerk, it's hard not to like the fact that he, he he's getting hit on that issue. No, I enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. Whatever they're protesting. It, and I love the fact that, again, it's liberals eating their own. Yeah. They've, they started yeah. this fire. Now it's burning out of control. And they're getting they're getting burned and singed by the same well, thing could, that they wanted Republicans to get burned by. Because it's my impression that it's always been burning is the world's been turning. Is that not accurate? <laughs> Except for you and I, we didn't start that we fire. We didn't start that fire. That no. was not us. Right. It's, it's, right. It was them. It was always burning. Yeah, always since burning. Since the world's been turning. Yes. And I think that's something that they need to recognize and did not on stage <laughs> last night. No, they didn't. No, they didn't. Uh, do we want to do uh, the uh, the Joe Biden thing? Yeah, he I, had a hard time last night. He's had a hard time in both debates. I thought he was better last night. A little I bit. I thought he rebounded a little bit. Yeah, because he was trying to be bolder. Mm-hmm. He wasn't quite as nice. He realized everybody's not his friend on stage because yep. they're all running against him. And he's the lead. He's the lead candidate. So there, he's got the target on his back. And, and I think he responded to that a little bit last night. But he also stumbled around a little bit last night. Here's... Listen to that. Vice President Biden, I want to give you a chance to respond. The fact is that the bills that the president, that the, excuse me, the future president here, that that, that the senator is talking about, it's about all these breakthroughs we have with the whole, dealing with the whole, excuse me, immune system. Hmm. I found that, Julian, excuse me, Who? the secretary, we, we can hear fine. Okay. Mr. Vice President, please continue if you <laughs> The will. fact is, in fact, Think. and the only reason this particular Part of the law is being. This is not a Republican talking point. Bernie acknowledges three for thirty trillion dollars, and they're not going to have to pay anyway. And there will be a deductible. The deductible will be out of your paycheck. I don't know if you can hear. I can hear. But anyway, it took courage. It took resilience. And by the way, anybody who crosses the stage with a with a with a PhD, the crack powder cocaine, totally disparity, totally eliminated. My plan calls for being making sure that we have. No, uh-huh. it would be, we would we would work yeah. it out. I call for who I know, I'd, and, and that's better than bigger than any other person. You went out and you hired Rudy Giuliani's guy. 
you engage. Uh, Secondly, uh-huh. I was part of the of the organization. Only 20. Anyway, I expect in this city that Mr. Not, Vice President, Mr. Vice President, I didn't interrupt you. Sorry, Please show I me that respect, sir. And she did not like I like me that you, in fact, have been the police officer would exculpate your 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 uh, uh, client. Exculpate. In order, either China's... Would you or would you not rejoin the TPP? Yes or no? I would not rejoin the TTP. <laughs> so, a little bit of a struggle. He, he stylistically has an issue as he gets older. Yeah. I, you know, yeah, yeah. he's been a rapid-fire guy his whole life, and that gets harder and harder, you know? I think for he comes off as, as, as not able to keep up with the words he's trying to say. <laughs> yes. And that's a problem. And, it is. But, you know, if he, I really think that if he were... To able to, we're able to kind of just adjust a little bit and say, I'm going to slow down. Yeah. I'm going to be more deliberate with my speech. Right. I'm going to smile more and be like the, you know, because he, he, he'd be he, fine. He'd be fine. He just, yeah. he's trying to replicate the guy he was in 1988. And, and I don't mean by plagiarism, um, uh, but he's just, he's not that guy anymore. And he needs to th- understand that, mm-hmm. I think, if he really wants to nail these things. But I do think he was good enough yesterday. To maintain his to lead, maintain probably. his lead. I think so too. Uh, yeah. You know, he probably will. I, I think. I think he probably if he, will. If he continues with performances like that, he'll probably be okay. He probably yeah. has a fifty percent chance of winning the nomination if he can if he can at least maintain that level of performance. Kind of gives you an idea of just how bad this field is. Yeah. When we're defending Joe Biden, yeah. doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Triple eight seven twenty seven Beck is the phone number. It's Pat and Stu in for Glenn, who's on vacation this week. Uh, should remind you that uh, I'm going to be on TV this whole week. We. Do- We've been doing these sort of lookbacks at the debate and mocking all the candidates. We also tonight, I think it's tonight when we do it, we're going to do the actual story behind Flint, Michigan, because you've been hearing this during all the debates. They're like, well, we need to fix Flint and Flint. These people were left for dead with this poison water and all these things. How did the Flint thing actually happen? It's a fascinating story, and it ties back to something that both Democrats and Republicans praise all too often. Uh, but Flint was essentially a shovel-ready job project. It was in a stimulus project. It was a project to not really to fix the water system, but to create new jobs. And that's how it was sold to the people. And so lots of people were like, oh, yeah, let's do that. And that's the thing that wind up screw- wound up screwing up everything for the people of Flint. We'll go into that because the history is really fantastic uh, when you see that this, once again, was just another government problem. Go to blazetv.com. Use the promo code GLEN20. You're going to get 20 bucks off for your subscription. Uh, and, you know, let us have a little bit more fun with the Democratic candidates because this is a candy bowl, man. These guys beating up on each other is just a lot of fun. The fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Hey, Pat and Stu for Glenn on the Glenn Beck Program. Triple E. 727-BECK. By the way, you can hear my show, Pat Gray Unleashed, uh, immediately preceding this show, uh, every day from 6 to 8 Central and 7 to 9 Eastern. And you can listen to it on podcast at at your leisure. Whenever you want. Whenever you want. Follow Pat at Pat Unleashed on Twitter and at World of Stew for myself. I we I we did I did live tweet the debate again last night, which is it does make it a little bit tolerable, it, yeah, because you're kind of having yeah. fun with it and you realize how ridiculous it is and you can point out all the nonsense mm-hmm. uh, and people will make you laugh, which is good. If I had access to this at home, 
when the Democrats are speaking. That would make it much better. It would make it much better because yeah. then instead of getting really hacked off at everything they're saying, you just laugh at it. That's <laughs> like it's a sitcom. Maybe you keep that around for some of these clips that we're going to play now. Oh, let's definitely. See if it improves it. Okay. Because I think that could right. actually make a difference. Yeah. Uh, there was actually one interesting moment on the uh, CNN pre-debate coverage. I know you were watching. Oh, the pre-debate. Yeah. All. The- over the pre-debate you were all over the pre-debate oh so you saw this moment or not i might have gotten up and gotten a sandwich or something at the time oh wow that's terrible luck because the one clip i wanted to talk about is the one time you got the sandwich Ah, darn it but the weird thing is i haven't told you what clip it is yet so you don't even know i'm just sensing i'm sort of psychically Uh, sensing i was out of the room at the time <laughs> no, I did not watch the pre-debate. I can't believe you stuck through that too. Well, you know that hurts. It hurts. It's physically the painful. Pre-debate? Though I thought this was interesting. I think you might actually like this clip. This is a CNN panel talking about the uh, Democratic de- uh, candidates mm-hmm. and their promises so far in this election cycle. Okay. Listen. And then there's this divide between what is possible. You do have to work with Congress on something like as big as health care. And for those of us who covered the health care debate the last time, know how hard even the littlest details are to get across the finish line versus the if you dream it, you can do it. It's Uh, like, let's do this and let's get free this and this and this. Sunshine and unicorns ain't ain't always uh, (laughs) easy. And there was criticism from you talked about they have to pay for it. There was criticism from people like Joe Biden that the other Democratic candidates aren't being straight about how they would pay for it, except for Bernie Sanders. And you saw that last night. Elizabeth Warren was salivating over uh, the John Delaney and the wealth tax argument, but she dodged completely when asked right. about she if she would class. middle class. Yes, yeah, she said mm. that she said Did overall not. their costs mm. would go down, but she wouldn't say that their taxes Good cash, right. yes, yeah, And the problem with that is huh. that, yes, the taxes um, will go up and the costs may go down. But when Republicans are concerned that if they give uh, Democrats an ability to raise taxes, they will never come down. They'll yeah. keep going up and up and up. That's the Republican argument. I mean, it's not just a Republican it's argument. It's also called known as the truth. It's the facts. Yeah, it's interesting though. They're 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 noticing these are sunshine and unicorn arguments, and they are. The idea that it's only going to cost thirty-two trillion dollars, which, by the way, is the left-wing number, the left-wing estimate for these programs, thirty-two trillion dollars just for health. The number they were using all last night. Yep, and they all admit that. Mm-hmm. That's the one they want. The reason why they're admitting it is because it's going to be much higher than that. And I know it doesn't feel like it's possible to have a number higher than 32 trillion, but believe me, 33 trillion exists, and so does 34, and so does 56 trillion. That's, Think of it, though, $3 trillion a year for 10 years. That's essentially the entire U.S. budget right now. Mm-hmm. You'd that, be doubling I mean, if the we size had of a government budget, with one policy. We'd be, yes, with just one. That doesn't even include the free college for everybody, or the income that they decide on, or. Any of these other free giveaways they're they're doing, forgiving all college debt that's been accrued, that's in the trillions as well. That's one, I think one point two three trillion dollars uh, for that program, and many of them are advocating that just forgiving all of a sudden. Okay, nobody has to pay any any of the uh, debt they accrued for college. We, we talked earlier this week to uh, Brian Riedel, who's one of the top budget analysts uh, in America, works for the Manhattan Institute, you know, has all sorts of connections, has worked on, you know, all all form of things. And, and he's a guy who even got a piece on Vox about the cost of the Green New Deal, uh, which was how he did that. They actually ran this thing because it showed how ridiculous this program was. I was talking to him, I think it was on Monday. And he's outlining the cost of these plans, and you just see them just churning and churning and churning and churning. 
And we got to the point where we started talking about the, we're, you know, we're at the point where we're in 50, 60 trillion dollar land already. And I, and I said, well, what about the Green New Deal? Now, Medicare for all is part of the Green New Deal. Uh, but there's a lot of other things like retrofitting every home in America, getting putting mm-hmm. um, high speed trains to every location where planes fly. Which is, I don't know if anyone's realized that part of it. That's backwards. Like, that's, that's a terrible move, right? You're mm-hmm. going, you're taking something that's much more efficient, much better, and going backwards, which is m- what most of the stuff is. So the same thing with healthcare. Yep. It's the same thing with your, you know, building, retrofitting, you know, all these green energy changes. And they went, went through all of this. And I was like, well, how do you, how do you calculate the cost of that? And he's like, I've been scoring budgets for a decade, for two decades. They're, it's almost incalculable. Like you can't calculate some of these things. They're so the cost will be so high that you can't get all of the variables in there to actually come up with a number that Jeez. you could be even mildly confident in because they're so high. Amazing. I mean, we're gonna start learning the word quadrillion real soon around this place. Oh yeah. You know, a lot of people oh, don't know coming. that word. It's coming soon. Triple eight seven two seven B E C K. We'll share with you what um, Michael, the Michael Bar- Bennett and uh, Kamala Harris discussion on healthcare and and Biden and, and De Blasio uh, c- talking about immigration coming up. One minute. This is the Glenn Beck program. Man, I'm really excited to welcome a brand new sponsor to the show, Tacovis. I know how ridiculous a great pair of boots can cost. Tacovis makes great boots and accessories. They sell their boots directly to the customer, so their boots are half the price of anything that's even similar in quality. They're all handmade with a 200-step process with only the best materials. Their entire line honors the timeless traditional boot styles. No silly stitching or sequins or loud colors or anything else. These are just great boots like my grandfather would have worn. With Tacovis, there's no need to break them in. They arrive already ready to be worn immediately, comfortably. They're easy to order with tremendous customer service. Tacovis always has free shipping and free returns. Check out their boots and their clothing and accessories right now. Tacovis.com slash back. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S dot com slash back. Pat and Stu for Glenn on the Glenn Beck program. All right. Uh, the debate last night, we watched it, so you didn't have to. Um, part of what what is interesting is that there are still a couple of maybe actual Democrats rather than socialists or communists in this field. One of them is Michael Bennett, who is certainly not a conservative, but at least he's trying to pull the party back to reality a little bit and and tell them, look, this it's just not practical. Why can't we just do something that we that is real, that, that fits in with reality. And we should point out that that's always the opposition. It's not an opposition of that socialism would be really bad or that You're right. full, a fully socialized economy mm. is a terrible idea. The, the argument is just, we can't get that done. It's not practical right now. Let's take a step and we'll do more later. And so what are they told when they bring that up? Republican talking point! Yeah. Republican talking point! Anything they disagree with or don't have an answer to. Republican or, talking point! Yeah, right. Yeah, they, that really is the way that, that that works. It is, which is fascinating because it's just they just say Republican talking point anytime anyone says, "Hey, <laughs> how are you going to pay for something like this? Like, what's the cost?" Republican talking point, right? Re- Republican talking point is also, like, "Hey, you have a Senate to deal with that has a bunch of Republicans in it, so you can't get any of this stuff passed." Republican talking point. Well, 
<laughs> I, I, it's not a, I mean, I guess it's a Republican talking point. The Republicans will be saying it. However, you're not going to yeah. we're trying to be a little bit realistic here. And you give Bennett credit for that, although he's not he's not good at debating or anything or else. anything else. He's, he has no chance of winning, which is always what's entertaining about this is that the socialists all are in like the teens. Yeah. And all these guys, Delaney and Bullock and Bennett and Some Klobuchar are zero or zero one in and some two. Polls. Uh, all right. So here's that discussion. Bennett and Harris. Like others on this stage, I've been crystal clear where I've been for a decade through two tough races in Colorado. I believe we should finish the job we started with the Affordable Care Act with a public option that gives everybody in this audience the chance to pick for their family, whether they want private insurance or public insurance. It requires drug companies to be negotiated with by Medicare, and it provides competition. That is totally different from the plan that Senator Warren and Senator Sanders and and Senator Harris have proposed, which would make illegal employer-based health insurance in this country and massively raise taxes Mm. on the middle class to the tune of $30 trillion, as as Joe Biden said. We don't need to do that. It doesn't make sense for us to take away insurance from half the people in this room and, and put huge taxes on everybody in this room when we can pass a public option trust the American people to make the right decision and have universal health care in this country in two years, not 10 years. Well, first of all, with all due respect to my friend, Michael Bennett, uh, which means there's no respect. My plan does not offer anything that is illegal. Um, What it does is it separates the employer (laughs) from health care, meaning that where you work will not be the kind of health care you get will not be a function of where you work. I have met so many Americans who stick to a job that they do not like, where they are not prospering simply because they need the health care that that employer provides. It's time that we separate employers from the kind of health care people get. And under my plan, we do that. As it relates to the insurance and the pharmaceutical you, companies, Senator. who will not be called in and who will not be taken to task oh, by geez. Senator Thank Biden you. or Senator Bennett's you, plan, we will do that. Senator Bennett, I want to bring you back. Senator Harris is my friend as well. But I have to say, if, no, we, can't admit, if we can't admit tonight what's in the plan, which is banning employer-based insurance, we're not mm-hmm. going to be able to admit that when Donald Trump is accusing Democrats of doing that as well. We need to be honest about what's in this plan. That would be it nice. It bans employer-based mm-hmm. insurance and taxes the middle class to the tune of $30 trillion. Do you wow. know how much that is? Mm-hmm. That is it's 70% a lot. It's, it's more than of what the government dollars. will collect in taxes over the next 10 years. Mm-hmm. We you, don't Senator. need to do that. Crazy. I, I love how you know he says, he says that her plan will make pri- will make um public the the private insurers illegal and then her response to that is my plan doesn't offer anything that's illegal yeah that wasn't the point <laughs> he's saying that all insurance companies will will be illegal under your plan can't get private insurance it has to go through the government must that's unbelievable yeah and there's this is one of the legitimate splits there's three sort of flavors of this healthcare debate going on with the democrats right now bernie's is the one that Mm -hmm. that negates private insurance right away yeah but bernie is the most pure so bernie is medicare for all and medicare for all means everyone is on medicare period so there's mm-hmm. not you if you have insurance at your work right now or you're on Medicaid or you're That's you, over. everyone just goes to the same program. It's, Every, over. it's a single payer, pure single payer, and it happens almost immediately. It's like all of us now have health care under the VA. 
Yeah, because that's right the government-run health care plan. Now, of course, there's all sorts of complications. It will cost mm-hmm. much more than $31 trillion. It also will make tons of hospitals and doctors leave the industry. I mean, you know, if you have to get paid at Medicare rates, you're not going to be able to maintain your practice. So there's all sorts of massive problems with it. Plus, you'll have far less doctors because mm-hmm. part of the allure of being a doctor and going through all of that education, because they go through 12 extra years that most of us don't do. Mm-hmm. Okay, so they should be rewarded for that. Yes. They're going to make some money for that. All of that goes away. So it makes it makes that not worth it yeah, anymore. Exactly. There's no reason to do it because, you know, I mean, look, some people go in it purely for, for helping, I guess. But, I mean, it's a, it's an extra incentive. Be and a lot of people like it. Yeah. It's going to be certainly much less, right? Uh, so that's flavor A is Medicare for all in a pure sense. The the downgrade from that and what what a lot of people on the stage are offering is Medicare for all who want it is the way that they say it. So basically, there is a, a Medicare option you could choose that you can go into if you would like. Essentially, if, let me see. Is it something like um, you can keep your plan if you uh-huh. are satisfied with it? If you like oh, the plan you have, right. you can keep it. If okay. you like your plan. And you like your doctor, mm-hmm. you won't have to do a thing. You keep hmm. your plan. If you like your health care plan, yeah, I can you'll be able to keep your health care plan. Hmm. Are we going to fall for that again? Again? Seriously? Again? It's the I'm, same I'm not. thing. It's the same exact. It's the same lie Obama told us. And by the way, it was a lie then. It's a lie now. It's not going to work that way. And they know that. Of course, right but now. but they're counting on the same thing Obama counted on. That yeah. by the by the time it comes around and really kicks into gear, it's too late anyway. Right, it's too late. It's it doesn't years matter. down the road, and people start get getting used to it. Yeah. Uh, so that plan is essentially they'll just be create a giant public option that anyone can go into. Yep. And then the Biden plan and a couple of others have just a massive expansion of Obamacare. Th- those last two are pretty much the same. It's just it's almost branding. We're like Biden's trying to say Obamacare was great. And therefore, we should build on Obamacare with this uh, option, mm-hmm. uh, public option, which is something that Obama did run on, by the way, in 2008. He wanted the public option. Uh, and the other, the other version of it is, it is it's Medicare for all who want it. So it's, it's the same thing in a lot of ways, but it's sort of a branding difference. The bottom line is the biggest difference is, do you, is public insurance the only game in town? And with Bernie, with Elizabeth, with Kamala after 10 years, with uh, um, what's-her-face, uh, Crystal Lady, uh, Marianne Williamson, <laughs> dark... You know, the yodeler. Yeah, the, the, the one with the essential normally oils. Normally, way over there, normally, way over there with Bernie and Elizabeth. Uh, this is a good yodeler. Do essential good oils uh, solve IYS? <laughs> that is something we need to look into. yodeling syndrome? Yes. I don't know, but we'll look into that. We will. Health concerns are a sad part of life. I mean, it seems like there's always something that either hurts or bothers us health-wise, right? Well, if that's you, you really need to see what CBD products can do for your health. CBD may offer many of the health benefits of marijuana, but without the high. So it's 100% legal and requires no prescription from CBDistillery.com. The health testimonials are impressive. Like this customer who wrote, I highly recommend CBD to everyone. It's done a complete turnaround for me. Another customer wrote, CBD made a big difference in my health. Look, if you haven't tried CBD for that health concern, you should. But where you get CBD products is crucial. With independent lab tests and nearly a quarter million customers, 
you can trust cbdistillery.com. See what CBD can do for your health. Go to cbdistillery.com and enter relief for 20% off. Again, enter relief for 20% off at cbdistillery.com. cbdistillery.com. Pat and Stu for Glenn on the Glenn Beck program. We were just discussing uh, Republicans and how evil they are. Because um, the only thing Republicans want is for you to die. They want you to die. They just want you to die. They said that actually during the debate, one of the candidates said, the only thing Republicans care about is getting you off of your health care. <laughs> why funny. would they care about that? Like, Come why, on. why would that be a priority? Like, what would, so ridiculous. Why would anyone care about t- removing <laughs> someone's health insurance? It's so ridiculous. But the only other thing that they care about, apparently, if you watch the rest of the debate, is health insurance profits. So they apparently want yeah. these health insurance companies to profit off people who don't have health insurance, mm-hmm. which is a fascinating trick. You know, the, the idea that they kept coming back to the profit thing over and over again. We can't have profit in healthcare care because profit is a bad thing. It's not the thing that's ripped three billion people out of poverty. It's the profit motive is not that uh, because it's a central part of capitalism. It is the central part of capitalism. So if you're vilifying profit, you're vilifying capitalism, you're vilifying the lifting of multiple billions of people out of extreme poverty. That is it's a fascinating thing. Basically, the best thing that has ever happened to the world in human terms is something they continually vilify. Even hardcore communists in China understand that yes. now yeah they brought 400 million people out of abject poverty in the last few years because they now use a capitalist hybrid system yeah and in india uh, uh same thing same thing is happening it's a miracle. hundreds of millions of people are coming out of total poverty it is a is a literal miracle it is and when they talk about the health insurance and all these evil profits they'll be like there is a shot you have to take that costs four thousand dollars. They always bring up the most extreme, ridiculous example, and some mm-hmm. of those do exist. Mm-hmm. However, the health insurance profit margin, uh, the health industry's par- profit what, margin, ninety-five percent profit. Is no, that what it is? No, about Pettis, a ninety-eight percent. No, it's actually margin? lower. Okay, ninety percent. If you're going to split hairs with me, Stu, it's a little less. You want to play that. that game? It's a tad. Okay, it's eighty-nine percent. Okay, no, no. What? It's, it's, Whatever. It's a little south. What is it then? 6%. 6, 60%? 6, 6, 6%. It's just 6. <laughs> 6%. The number 6. Yes. And then followed by a percentage sign. 6% profit. I believe... That's incredible. The breakdown is... Wow. The, and this is serious. The breakdown is... That's not a big profit margin at all. Yeah. Per year, $80 per person in profit. $80. Wow. Not a lot of money. Uh-uh. I mean, look... It's it's a big industry, wow. and it's getting bigger because as a society that's had capitalism and has been able to innovate and save lives and extend uh, life expectancy and create incredible new innovations like the MRI, like all of these uh, great medicines that everyone on stage has they're either taking or they have another person in their family taking but all they do is say mm-hmm. terrible things about the pharmaceutical industry. Right. This one drives me nuts can we stop making the biggest villain in our society the people that cure grandma's cancer can we stop Mm -hmm. the people who are helping look as with any industry of course you can point to things that are bad in it 
Of course you can. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows that. That is not a tough parlor trick to accomplish. Anyone can come up with one bad thing in an industry. But the bottom line is, they have revolutionized the way people stay alive. They've taken pain from people. They've cured diseases. Mm-hmm. We, we, they are able to treat diseases that were thought to be lost causes before. They will be the ones... They come up with the solutions to cancer. They will be the ones that come up with the solutions to HIV. They will be the ones that come up with the solutions to all of the diseases that we, we are terrified of, that kill people and cause deep dramatic pain. And all we do is is treat them as if they're this, you know, dartboard. And 90% of the new medicine that comes out yeah. into the world yeah. comes from the United States the United of America. States. But let's change that system and go to the government system that everyone else has and produces nothing new. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Pat and Stu for Glenn on the Glenn Beck Program, 888-727-BECK. Oh, jeez. Oh, no. Why Why are you here, Jeffy? What What happened? I wanted to stop by. Chew a little, chew a little bit of the fat. Why? Chew a little bit of the fat with you today. Again. The day after the debate. Why? Excited to be here. <laughs> You, for, for the fourth you, time, why? You, <laughs> Who invited you, you is what I want to know. You did. No. You No, that did. Is, that's completely untrue. Which candidate invited you to this debate? <laughs> Michael Bennett. Okay. Michael Bennett. All right. Bennett. It probably, I would have guessed it was Gillibrand, because she's the most annoying. Oh, so, there's no doubt about that. <laughs> she is really cringeworthy, man. Oh. Did you see her last night talking about uh, how she she's trying to, you know, she's a white woman. Yeah. But she's trying to act as if she's the voice of mm-hmm. all the different colors of oh, the rainbow. Yeah. It's <laughs> yes. really oh, yeah. agonizing. She's a white woman, but she's the voice of minorities. Yes. And, and she's she's very she's got a lot of guilt about mm-hmm. being a white person. She does not like that. Of course she does. Not a fan all? of her whiteness. No. Uh, here is Gillibrand well, uh, talking about her, uh, her 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 embrace of all the colors of the rainbow. I think as a white woman of privilege Mm. who is a U.S. senator running for president of the United States, it is also my responsibility to lift over those voices that aren't being listened to. And I can talk to those white women in the suburbs that voted for Trump and explain to them what white privilege actually is. That when their son is walking down a street with a bag of M&Ms in his pocket, wearing a hoodie, his whiteness is what protects him from not being shot. Oh, my God. Take your white privilege BS and stick it. That might be the worst clip of the entire thing. Oh, that entire debate. Number really one, number one, mm. imagine being a white woman in the suburbs and hearing that. It's so condescending. You're yeah. going to explain to me white privilege yeah, senator? Thank you. thank you. Really, are you? Because I can't Jeez. wait for that one. Number two, if she had white privilege, it must not be effective because she's at 0%. I mean, you're telling right. me white privilege doesn't mm-hmm. even get you to 1% in the polls? Not, Not even her. the one. That's <laughs> depressing. And and this is something that I don't I don't I mean, this is a kind of a news based program, so I'm gonna break a little news here. It's gonna be stunning. If you're driving, you may want to pull over to the side of the road. If you wanna have that moment, because mm-hmm. this is you may just jerk the wheel into a pole if you're going sixty five on the highway right now. I once, and it's only happened once, saw a person of color walk safely in a hoodie. <laughs> I no, saw it. No, you I not. swear I saw it. Now, when I pulled around the corner, he may have been no, shot immediately. You didn't. I don't know. But well, I of course it was, he was. It was a good 30 seconds of mm-hmm. safe walking. 
Wow. A person of color in a hoodie safely strolled for 30 seconds in my purview. Do you have video proof of that? I don't. Of course And that's not. why no one believes not. it. Everyone's like, Nobody oh, uh, what you, uh, did you get abducted by aliens too? Mm-hmm. And yes. Mm-hmm. And I don't have video of that either. <laughs> but this is real. I saw this happen. They act as if like every, you know, again, the numbers do not support the idea at all. That police are shooting black people at any rate higher than than uh, is, first of all, connected to the crimes and actions of the people involved. Mm-hmm. And number two, uh, it, it is they shoot more white people than they do black people. Right. Okay? By about double. We know the uh, people you're much, much, much more likely to be killed by someone of the same race. Black people are much more likely to be killed by black people. White people are much more likely to be killed by white people yeah. uh, because you're more likely to be killed by someone around. If you decide to break it out into the percentages and say which one is more. Oh, don't you dare start start down that <laughs> you road. You know what? I'm not going to. Don't Jeffy, you dare. You had a story about the police. <laughs> I did well. You know, one of the things that uh, is helping the police in your in your numbers that we don't get to them. No, don't no, do I will it. not. I definitely will not uh, give you numbers that, from the FBI crime report because uh, I, I know that, that would be that racist would be the most sure. racist thing you could possibly do today. Yeah. And I, I'll no. not have it. Is there not a more racist here. organization than the FBI producing their crime report with the numbers? No, 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 no. There no, is, no, is not. not. Okay. But the police officers are starting to wear body cams now, which is proving to their mm-hmm. benefit more times than not. Yeah. It seems yes, yeah. but there are also times. I'd when, want him if I was an officer. Me too. Absolutely. I'd want him. Absolutely. But there are more. There are, there are times when uh, you see a story like this, where the 65 year old lady in Oklahoma got pulled over by uh you know by a police officer, and he had his body cam on, and you go through and start breaking down the interaction, and I don't know. At, during this video, I'm I'm for the cop, and then I'm against the I'm for the police officer, and then I'm against the police officer. And by hmm. the end, I'm still I'm still confused. I think I'm a little torn on this one too. So we start off with the original stop uh, with the officer pulling the lady over. Well, I did issue a, for a defective equipment. It's eighty dollars. Uh, you have till September sixteenth to take care of this. Uh, get you to sign there with the Exodus. So you don't even give a warning for this. You've been driving around for six months like that. I'm truthful. Well, I'm not going to give you a warning for something you've been driving for six months. That. Well, I don't want to sign it because I don't want to do eighty dollars. You don't want to sign it? No, because I don't think that I deserve to pay eighty dollars for something that is fixable and I can fix it. Right. Okay. So now she doesn't want to sign the ticket, right? So you uh, you go through the, I wanna, the I've, process. I've done that too, where I've been a little pissed off at the. You at, don't want to sign the ticket. At the ticket, and I don't want to sign it. And it's the police officer's discretion. Uh, yeah. What happens here at uh-huh. this okay. point, though? I'm completely with the police officer. Okay, hundred percent. Completely yes. with the police officer. She's just being belligerent. Right. Right and here. like, it's. It, I had a friend once who got pulled over uh, for speeding, and he said, um, "They they said, why were you speeding?" And he said, "Well, I guess I just tend to speed on this road." And I was like, that's the worst excuse I've ever heard. You're telling him you've committed this crime yeah, like a hundred times, times, right? Yeah. And so uh, here it's like, it's nice of her. And, and you give her some brownie points for being honest and saying it's right. been six months. But uh-huh. once once the officer has that knowledge, he has to give you the ticket. Right. And so he's going to give her the ticket. And, you know, it's it's his what discretion what happens. What you should say is when you get pulled over, for instance, for speeding, and they say you were doing 60 miles an hour in a 40 mile an hour zone, and you just tell them, well, I wasn't going to be out that long. I wasn't even out for an hour. I don't even know. What are you talking about? Wait, what? <laughs> Did that work for you? Uh, no. Okay. No. That's so then uh, now the officer 
is uh, starting to get a little ticked off, right? Instead of yeah. instead of saying instead of ripping the ticket off and giving it to her or throwing it in the car and saying, "Well, you're still going to get the ticket. You still have to pay for it whether you sign it or not." And right. really, that's what happens. It doesn't negate the ticket in any way. Not signing it doesn't do anything. Right. You still really. have to do it. Yeah. So now the officer is, you know, he's got a little, he's got his back up against the wall a little bit uh, in his mind. All right. That's all you want. Go ahead, to do. step out of the car. Why? Because you're under arrest. Step out. Okay. Step out of the vehicle. No, we're not signing the ticket. You can have that happen, yes. You be fair with me, and I'll be fair with you. Step out. No. You're under arrest. No, I'm not. No. no. I'm placing you under arrest. Step you out. You are full of because you're not placing me under no arrest. Stop. Do not, do not oh, take shut off. Up and give me that, and I'll sign it. Step out. No. no we're beyond okay. that. Do you want me step to out? Okay, so right now, right now, okay, so okay, so right now though, we've had two opportunities, two opportunities for the police officer to take the air out of this bubble, de-escalate, right? The whole thing. He yeah. could have. Wait. At one point, she, I know she's, he well, said, she said, just give it to me and I'll sign it. And he, we're way past that now. Right. So I mean, at now, that he point, could he could have he just given it to. Him. Correct. Okay, and I and I, I'll give you that but one. He, now How, he's pissed. Now he's and pissed. He doesn't want to. Right. How, and I kind of don't right. blame him for that. How long was the time between this first video and the second video? Was he trying to convince her for five minutes? Was it thirty seconds? Some of this dash cam video seems to be edited a little so we bit don't from know. the police officer. So I don't know if it was a twenty-minute. Right. If it's or, 20 minutes and she's arguing with him for 20 minutes and then he finally says, all right, now you're under arrest. Yeah, the, the original I have dash more, right. I, I have, uh, it's, it's easier to understand his position. If it's if it's 15 seconds and, he, and she says she's not going to sign it three times and then he says you're under arrest, that you know there there is a, a big line there. Okay, so you're still kind of on the police officer side. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. And she takes off. And she is being belligerent. And she yes. did, by the way, start to roll away and stop. Right. Well, and, and you can absolutely not do that with a police officer. And then she left. And then she left. And then she pulled away. That was a dumb move. So now, really okay, dumb. really dumb. But he has all the information on her, right? He knows where she lives. He knows all that information. He doesn't have to pursue her, except he's ticked, right? Well, I, you pull away from a cop after a traffic stop. You abso- okay. absolutely, absolutely, and, and, and it was a horrible traffic stop too because she had a light out. Anyway, the uh, I mean that, the criminal activity of that Come is on. just huge. Again, though, what, so now, who does that? Would you ever do that? Not no. you, Jeffy. Pat, would you no. ever do that? No. And the reason you wouldn't do it is because you're pulled over fifteen times. Right. So I've had plenty of I've had opportunity? ample opportunity. Right. Yeah. No way. Yeah. And I think most people you know wouldn't do it. Better than that, right? Now, yeah. You know better than that. You don't disrespect the cop like right. that. No. So now she's pulled away, and he's pursuing her, and uh, finally catches up to her. Get out of the car! Get so out now, of the car! Now he's pulled his weapon on her. Get out of the car! You run. I mean, now the gun Get thing the is maybe a tad extreme. Now he's pulled his weapon out. He's pursued her. Jeez. Got her pulled over. Mm-hmm. We hear multiple police officers now coming Now we've now. really escalated here. We sure have. We have really escalated. <laughs> so, we are you with the cop on, at this point or the, or the person? Look, if someone runs from a cop... Yeah, and now you can say, "Well, she's only an old white woman," and she's I know sixty-five year old lady. Look, I know, I know He's what you guys dealt do with, her. with a black person in a hoodie. We know what you do there. <laughs> well, the, they'd but, be dead already. But again, if if this was a <laughs> a twenty-five year old, as soon as he saw the person in the car with the hoodie, it should have shot yeah. him. It would be dead, shot right, him dead right right. Yeah. If this was a twenty-five year old guy in a car and he pulled away, they would absolutely go after him and do exactly what they're doing here. And the reason, you know what? That's a little bit sexist on my part because I would think almost 
I think I might believe it's almost appropriate yeah. to approach him with yeah. a gun if it's a 25-year-old kid. Yeah, and, and, and a part of that is, like, you might Male. suspect there's an additional crime. Why are you running from the cop when yeah. for an $80 ticket? You're expecting that yeah. maybe there's something more going on here. The belligerent older lady, I just think... Come on. Oh, come but on. But again, and a belligerent older, older lady what has is a... she going to do? She's got a finger, yeah. right? And she can pull a trigger. But he's already dealt with her. He's already, yes. he's already seen that, you know, the odds are she's not armed. Right, I mean, she's, he's already dealt with her up to the vehicle. But he's not shooting. He's just pointing. No, he's not shooting. He pulls his weapon so that she gets, you know, ordering her out of the car. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, then this happens? transpires. All right. Get out of the car. You better leave me. Oh, and now he's going to drag her out. Just pull her right Put out of the truck. Put your hands behind your back. Leave me alone. Put your hands behind your back. No. Okay. Now. Rolls over. Oh, oh, and there. Okay. Now comes the taser. And he tased her. Put your hands behind your back. Oof. Put your hands behind your back. Lay down and put your hands behind your back. I mean, okay, now she. Okay. There's no question she's in the wrong. All right. Yes. So he put his weapon away, drags her out of the truck. Drags this old woman out of the truck, throws her down on the ground. There's no She's, ordering her to put her hands behind her back. She obviously is going to have a difficult time doing that as a the 65 year old woman, not quite uh, as in shape as us. Uh, and so she's going to have a difficult, what? not as in shape Excuse as us. Me. Okay. Can't put her arms. I mean, difficult. She can't do it. So she rolls over, and as she's rolling over, she's kicking, and she kicks him in the groin. Oh man! I don't know that that was. I mean, that was an accident. Oh, but. stop it! It was so, not an accident. So then she rolls away, and he tases her. Oh, I tases her. You're you're infuriating on this. Come on, yeah. He, I she, think. Come on, she, I'm with him. So then, <laughs> thank you, Pat. I'm with him. She is absolutely uh, doing everything uh, wrong is. on this in in this she issue. Is. And like, look, I think you're right. Could he have maybe de-escalated we, it yes. at, at one point? And probably, maybe should have taken that window. But she is acting completely irresponsibly she's doing things mm-hmm. that she absolutely should not do and then you come up with this she's old so she can't put her hands behind what? her back nonsense <laughs> she's, she's holding her trying. down she, you just dragged this woman out of her car oh, they, what if she laid down and put her hands to her sides then she's not doing That's that either fine, but she no. got up and kicked a police officer she didn't in the get balls up, first of all she rolled over she didn't <laughs> she get up she couldn't even get up she couldn't even get up in the balls <laughs> so then he tased her and he gets her handcuffed later you see she he gets her handcuffed and then he's trying to be are you okay are you hurt everything okay she's like no i'm not okay i'm hurt yeah. Is he hurt? Because so, that's happened to me before, and it's, it doesn't feel good. No, it so, doesn't. So now she's been charged with a felony assault on a police officer, one misdemeanor be. for resisting arrest. Uh-huh. And let's not forget about the broken taillight, the towing charges, the lot charges, all, all of this. All of this for a broken taillight. Kind of kind of oh, shows that she should have yeah. maybe signed the ticket, and, yeah. and she would have avoided all there, of it. I'm 100% team cop on this one, yeah. i got to say. And, and that's the too. thing, you know. This is what everybody does with these incidents. It's just what Jeffy just did, mm-hmm. which is she does all these other things, and then you say, all of that over a taillight? Right. No. no. An $80 ticket was over the taillight. It could have been over a long time ago. It could have been had the police officer had better training. <laughs> okay. You're infuriating. Pat and Stu for Glenn. Also, uh, Jeffy, somebody let him into the studio. I don't know where... We're doing some investigating right now to find out how that happened. Uh, but uh, one of the most agonizing uh, aspects of that debate last night to me was the climate change stuff. 
I just, I couldn't. They're all for it, boy. I can't, I can't they, do they it. all believe the earth is ending. Oh, and it's fascinating because they all just look to Jay Inslee for street cred. Because yeah. they're, they, everyone knows right. he's the big climate guy. So they're just like, you know what? I, I, I will say I agree with Jay Inslee. And Jay Inslee, I have the same exact plan of whatever he has. It's like, well, you guys keep telling us that this is the most important issue that, of that, all that there's time. ever been. Why aren't you just going with Jay Inslee then? If you're all right. like begging for his credibility <laughs> right. and his right. approval, yeah. just go with the guy. If you actually believe this is the most dangerous thing, of course, the truth is and they you, don't. You all know, we all know they, they believe it wholeheartedly because... Uh, I'm sorry? For instance, look at the Google Summit they're all doing right now. They, right. They, they flew to uh, Italy on just 114 private jets. There weren't 1,000 private jets. And they all didn't take So they're jets really cutting back. back. Don't try to don't try to. No, some of them took this. super okay. yachts worth $400 million. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh, really? To Italy. Yeah. And now they're at this climate change at this swanky resort that costs at the minimum $900 a night. Yeah, Google's footing the bill, right? $20 million. I'm sure $20 they're million. all eating just vegetarian fare because local. we all know. They're eating local. Yeah, local <laughs> and sustainable it's hard vegetables. To, it's hard to eat right? local on a private jet. Isn't it? It really gets difficult <laughs> real fast. you got to eat on the, t- on the runway. If you believe this stuff, you're not living the way they nope. do. Nope. No way. You're right. Madness. of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. With Pat and Stu for Glenn this week. Uh, by the way, you can check out my show, Pat Gray Unleashed, immediately preceding this show on the Blaze Radio and TV Network or on podcast any time of the day or night at your leisure. Uh, we've got uh, uh, some racy racism we could talk about. I don't know if there's anybody more racisty in their racist racing than uh, Donald Trump, who's been talking about Baltimore, and you know what that means. It's, I mean, that's just dog whistle for 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 black people. Yeah, if if let's say if Donald mm-hmm. Trump were to say New Hampshire was infested by drugs, that would be racism because he's thinking of the black people who live in New Hampshire. Yeah, exactly. Um, and he did say that about New Hampshire, and people <laughs> yes, immediately jumped on him <laughs> because he hates. Black black people. Black people, because in, it's only 93% white. So there, you know yeah. there's some black people there. And it's it's almost worse when there's less black people in a state like New Hampshire to be being racist against those people. It makes you even more racist. Yeah, mm-hmm. it does. It takes if you, it if you think, accentuates that racism. Yeah, it squares it. So it's like racism squared. Wow. Uh, it's, it's a good way to look at it's it. It's really... T- I like that. Thank you, Pat. Is that science? It That's was. science, It right? is science, yeah. yeah. You can check out my formulas at uh, racistformulas.net. <laughs> Uh, so I haven't been there yet. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm excited. We're up to three uh, people who've checked it out now. No. Yeah. No, it's pretty good. That's great. Okay. Uh, I'm interested in uh, the reaction <laughs> to this, which I can guess. Another racist person talking well, about Baltimore? Yeah. Really, really, really bad. And I will guess, I'm going to guess the reaction is going to be a tad different, though, on this particular really? thing. Because as we learned from, I think it was Aaron Burnett and many other um people talking about this baltimore story mm-hmm. is it's not just that he was being critical of baltimore or pointing out that this particular city many people have done that yeah everyone's done that so they, they had to have a fallback position yeah because they were like well here's president obama and here's you know uh here's uh 25 different people saying that baltimore has the same problem including the former saying. mayor of baltimore exactly saying virtually what trump said so what do you do with that because you can't you can't say just criticizing baltimore even as mm-hmm. a white person, because there's a, a bunch of Democrat white people who did it too. So you can't say that that's racist. Then you have to fall back to, 
uh, this idea that when he says the word infested or infestation, that's when he's signaling his racism to his racist people. Okay, so that's the the key to his raciest racism. Right. If you being want to un- unlock the key to his hood. Is the word infestation. Infestation. That's when he's saying, okay. hey, hey, white nationalists, which, by the way, he was called on stage at a presidential freaking debate. Despicable. Last night. Despicable. They called him a white nationalist. And look, I we we've been... Critical of Donald Trump many times. Mm-hmm. I don't like all of his policies, though there are some that I do really like. The idea that there is enough evidence to call <laughs> any evidence to call this guy a white any. nationalist. Right. It's yeah. despicable. That is, a, is. a lie and, and bordering on slander. And when did that become OK? I, again, you go back to the Glenn thing, which is just in the news again because of the loudest voice uh, being broadcast on Showtime where they actually presented the real life. Uh, event that happened on Fox News when he went on uh, in 2009 and said that he thinks the president might have some animosity against white people and he might be racist. Yeah, and that well, that was all hell broke loose. How dare you call a president, any president, racist? Mm-hmm. He do it every day, all day now. Yeah, I mean, it was despicable. We just celebrated the 10 year racist firstery. Yeah, and when we did that, we I don't think when Glenn said that on the air, you would have been able to predict how crazy this has become i mean literally mm. that it's it lasted this long every broadcast on cable news on cnn or msnbc they say it but a journalist says it all the time mm-hmm. like not just an opinion person which you know at least at least with a pre- presidential candidate you can make the argument all right well they're trying to win an election they're going to call them all sorts of names name calling in politics not exactly crazy this one's i mean white nationalist is an actual philosophy though it's not like this guy's a jerk this guy's a loser it is like you're saying that this person adheres to a, to a, a philosophy of government in the world that, that is espoused by people like Richard Spencer when there's no, absolutely no evidence at all to support that view. You can say that you think he's racially insensitive. I think that would be something you could make an argument on. You know, he does, he does you know, like, but that, he's insensitive on everything. It's not racially insensitive. He's just insensitive. Yeah. You know, he's insensitive to people yeah. that, he do, that he doesn't like. In a way, that's part of what we like about him. There's part he, of it, yeah. I you mean, know, because he stands up to people. Yeah, he does. And we like that because nobody has up until now. So it's, uh, it's kind of refreshing that yeah. he'll defend himself. And that's what I think a lot of people like about him. Yeah. So, but when you are saying, first of all, he's a racist, it's proven. Why? Because he said, send them back to where they came from. Okay. Well, that, you know, we went over that too. It's like, you know, we said, send Piers Morgan back because he didn't like the second amendment. Were we racist on that? I don't think we were, you know, p- people, you know, Ilan Omar told people on Twitter that they should go back to where they came from. Was mm-hmm. she racist? Because I know when it was said about her, it was definite proof of racism. When she said it herself, it was not even, a, I have not seen one news broadcast acknowledged that she did it. Not one. I don't think I have either. She did it publicly on yeah. Twitter to another person, said, go back to where you came from, and we can't find one example of anyone even mentioning it in passing, in dismissing it, debunking it, nothing. Mm. I mean, it's so obvious what they're doing. Mm-hmm. So they had this idea, well, now it's Baltimore. He said something about Baltimore. Let's call them racist for that. And that's proof that it's racism. Then they find all these other people who have said the same things about Baltimore, so they have to back off of that. They back (laughs) off to infestation. So that's where we stand now. In 60 seconds, we'll give you the latest in this never-ending saga. This is the Glenn Beck Program. 
This is an advertisement paid non-attorney spokesperson Ricky LeBlanc admitted in Massachusetts only. Sokolov Law LLC, Chestnut Hill, Mass. Paul J. Morgan, Winter Park, Florida. Greg Hobby, New Jersey. Michael Bro Gonzalez admitted Louisiana. While this firm maintains joint responsibility, most cases of this type are referred to other attorneys for principal responsibility. Mesothelioma. If you know what mesothelioma is, you or someone you love has likely been affected by this devastating cancer. You may be entitled to compensation. Call Sokolov Law today. 1-800-513-1816. The only known cause of mesothelioma is asbestos exposure. Thousands of U.S. veterans and trade workers are at risk for the disease. Nearly $30 billion in court-ordered trust has been set aside to pay money to asbestos victims. If you or a loved one has been diagnosed with mesothelioma, call now. You may be able to receive compensation without ever going to court or filing a lawsuit. Call for a free legal consultation at 1-800-513-1816. That's 1-800-513-1816. So if you say the word infested when talking about Baltimore, you are a racist, period. Yeah. There's Here. no way around that one. No, there's no way around that one. Except if you happen to hear this next audio <laughs> clip from 1999, I present to you the one, the only, Elijah Cummings. This morning, I left my community of Baltimore, a drug-infested area. <laughs> what? Where a lot of the drugs that we're talking about today <laughs> oh, have man. already taken the lives of so many children. The same children that I watched 14 or 15 years ago as they grew up, now walking around like zombies. This is only 40 miles away from here. We heard that dog whistle. We heard it mm-hmm. with our own ears. Elijah Cummings hates it, black people. Usually, usually humans can't hear a dog whistle. That's why it's called a dog, a dog whistle. whistle. <laughs> but he clearly used the word infestation. Just proof right there, proof positive uh, that that's a racist comment. It really is. I, you know, it used to be racist, if you remember, when Glenn called uh, Barack Obama names. That was racism. Mm-hmm. Last night in the debate, that's the hottest thing to do. Barack Obama's the worst president of all time, apparently. Uh, mm-hmm. he was All he was doing was arresting, deporting people. He's well, worse than Trump. And can you He's imagine trash. when people said, and some people did, but extreme people said that Obama was helping terrorism? Mm-hmm. It was just flat out stated. Yep. Was well, it, oh, in fact, night, last night was it was it Tulsi Gabbard that said it? I or think was it was it? Gabbard who said that. Yeah, helping helping Al Qaeda or helping ISIS. Crazy. Uh, that's just crazy yeah, talk. That's not. That was not her best moment. She did have no. a lot of good moments last night. But I am fascinated by this uh, Obama thing. Can you imagine watching this if you're Barack Obama? <laughs> Your guy again. We think Barack Obama was a really bad president, but mm-hmm. separate us. Think about the Democratic primary field for a second. This is this is an audience that approves of Barack Obama at a ninety five percent clip. Okay, and and people were saying this kind of stuff about Barack Obama just a few years ago. I mean, in a way, Obama's standing above the country, above above the world. He's sort of God. He's he's, yeah. he's wow. Hmm. It's pretty far. Yeah. And then last night he was terrible on the border. He was terrible on uh, health care. I mean, Obamacare is a disaster to these people. It, it, just a couple of years ago, everyone was telling us this was going to solve all of our problems. Mm-hmm. And now every candidate on stage, with the exception of Biden, who only wants to completely transform Obamacare into something else, 
he was the only one who said anything positive about Obamacare. Everyone else thinks it's trash. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm sitting there, and I'm Barack Obama in the middle of that debate, and I'm watching these people trash me and trash me and trash me. I am absolutely going on Twitter, and I am endorsing Joe Biden right in the middle of the debate. I wanted to see the faces yeah, of Kirsten Gillibrand right. and Kamala Harris as they realize Obama has un- endorsed Biden. Except you're forgetting mm-hmm. he can't because Joe asked him not to. Oh. <laughs> Remember, Joe went to That's him. That's right. And he said, please, uh, don't endorse No, me. Don't, don't do that. Don't do don't that. Do it's that. just too unfair for the other guys. I mean. Or girls. It or is women. a hell of yeah. a statement that Barack Obama will not endorse Joe Biden. It is a hell of a statement. Number one, it says something really serious about Barack Obama in that picking your vice president is essentially a one-person presidential election. You are the sole, you are solely responsible for the person who may be mm-hmm. president of the United States. You can pick anyone uh, that is constitutionally qualified. You are supposed to pick the one you think would do the best job in the nation. Mm-hmm. He selected Joe Biden. He watched him in that job for eight years. Mm-hmm. And now he doesn't endorse them. Don't endorse him. Oh, I don't get involved in primaries. What are you talking about? You had your own primary. You picked the president of the United States. You picked him. You picked Joe Biden. <laughs> and it says a lot about Biden that Obama will not come out and say he's yeah. the best man for this job. Really does. I don't know what he knows. Well, but it does seem like he knows something. He's probably seen this video. The villagers, America's friendliest hometown. Not one of Biden's best moments. I disagree. (laughs) America's friendliest hometown. The villagers. Now, we are confirmed now. I assume this comes out in the debate at some point that that is Joe Biden singing that song. I want somebody to bring that up. That is a legitimate criticism of Joe Biden. (laughs) (laughs) When he was drunk, in a t-shirt, walking down a roadway, singing the Villages song. No, something's wrong there. Now, he said he he doesn't drink. He did. Yeah, but Uh, clearly that. Clearly that. At least he doesn't drink anymore. Was he trying to say (laughs) that? Maybe that's what it was. he was clearly drunk in that video. Warning, if you're buried in debt you can't afford, do not let the credit card companies make you think you have to pay it all back. Because you don't. What the credit card companies don't want you to know is that there's actually a way to get debt-free without paying off your entire debt or going bankrupt. If you have $10,000 or more in credit card debt, you now have the right to let us settle that debt for a fraction of what you owe. For free information, call Credit Answers at 800-970-9159. If you're struggling to pay off your debt, do not let the credit card companies make you think you have to. Call Credit Answers now for free information on how to get out of debt faster than you ever thought possible, without debt consolidation or bankruptcy. We offer a guarantee with no upfront fees, so there's no risk. For free information, visit creditanswers.com or call 800-970-9159. That's 
888-727-BECK. It's Pat and Stu for Glenn on the Glenn Beck Program. Tulsi Gabbard made a lot of news. She was one of the highest searched uh, candidates out of the field last night. And I think people, they, they're, they don't recognize her. They don't know who she is. They see she's obviously a, a pretty face. Uh, and she did a good job last night. I think she comes off as very serious and someone who actually has mastery of the things she's talking about. Uh, she has an interesting background. And people just don't know who she is. So Gabbard last night, and I and I mean, how many times did we say this? Tulsi Gabbard, I mean, we previewed this going in. She is going to go after Kamala Harris and I'd say run interference for Joe Biden. Does she, seem that way. She wants to be Biden's v- VP or maybe Secretary of Defense. Uh, it, it, that's at least my belief. But I mean, you, it played out mm-hmm. exactly like we talked about last night. Now, H- Harris, who had... A free run of it last time because she was going after Biden. No one was going after her. Well, that ended last night with Gabbard, who, I mean, took her down in dramatic fashion. Here's the clip. What's your response? The reality is right now we don't have a health care system. We have a sick care system. And there are far too many people in this country who are sick and unable to get the care that they need because they cannot afford it. So the core of this problem is the fact that big insurance companies and big pharmaceutical companies who've been profiting off the backs of sick people have had a seat at the table writing this legislation. Now, Kamala Harris just talked about Kathleen Sebelius, who helped write her bill. This just pointed to the fatal flaw in her proposal. Sebelius works for Medicare Advantage, private insurance company who will stand to profit Mm. under her plan. If we're seeking to really reform our healthcare system, we've got to shut out big insurance and big pharma out of the drafting process so they cannot continue to profit off the backs of the sick people in this country who are searching and in desperate need of care. Senator Harris, your response? Uh, well, unfortunately, Representative Gabbard got it wrong. Uh, Kathleen Sebelius did not write my plan. She endorsed it as being one of the plans that is the best to get us to a place where so. everyone is going to have access to health care in America. Hmm. Yeah, not a good response from Kamala did not have a great night last night. No. Gabbard, I thought, did very well. And to, to give you another example of what she was doing with Biden later on in the debate. Now, Gabbard is very anti-war. I mean, she's very much on the the sort of pacifist side of things. Now, she was served in the military. I don't think she's a, a pacifist per se, but she is very much on the non-interventionist side of this argument. It's just one of the many interesting aspects about her. There's, she's fascinating. Yeah. She really is a fascinating And she's candidate. changed dramatically yeah, in her ideology. Yeah, if you don't know her history, she was very much involved in the, uh, I guess you'd call it now, the anti-LGBTQIA2 plus community. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she was to, to the point of like her dad was a big activist in this world and and she was appearing at didn't you know, he even events, do sort of a conversion therapy yeah, type of situation like a, he could and, cure you yeah so like you know way you might you know we're talking way to the right of not only the democratic party but really where the republican party is at this point and she's you know had this big conversion moment and believe me if he if biden names her as vp you'll start hearing a lot about that one because I don't think the LGBTQIA2 plus community they is going to stand is gonna, for it. They're not going to let her have this conversion, I don't mm-hmm. think. Um, but beyond that, later on in the debate, they went to her as someone who is a, very much opposed to intervention when it comes to foreign affairs and asked her, hey, Joe Biden voted for the Iraq war. How do you feel about that? You served over there. How do you feel about him sending you over to the war? And she said... Um, you know what? We've all been fooled. We were all fooled by the intelligence. We were all fooled by what they did in uh, the Bush administration did. Instead mm-hmm. of taking a shot at Biden, 
she very in a very nimble fashion switched it over and went after bush yeah. and gave biden no responsibility for his own vote which is pretty amazing mm-hmm. uh so she did i thought uh, she did a a very good job last night i, I did the uh went through and did grades for the debaters since so if there's any okay. any here that you would uh, disagree with i had de blasio at a d minus uh, worst in the field I had Bennett and Gillibrand. I think my grade for de Blasio might have been F. It might have been F. I, yeah. I would have, You're somewhat generous there. If I'm at a D minus, you know, I'm close to an F. The yeah. only reason I didn't give him an F is because he he was noticed. Okay. You know, somebody might, you know, at least yeah. he, he's going after the socialist vote. He was the furthest left of that field. And I think he was trying to do that. So he accomplished mm-hmm. something he was trying for. Bennett, I gave a D. Now, Bennett, I gave a D not because of the points he made, which some of them were very good. But because I don't think he was, I don't think he's in line with the party, and also his presentation's not good. Uh, he's he's not a good candidate, so he right. struggles in this sort of format. I also think that he was not as convincing as like a Delaney was the night before when it comes to making the moderate points. Mm-hmm. Gillibrand, I also gave a D, which I think is incredibly, incredibly generous. I mean, it's almost like I should get a, a tax deduction for the charitable uh, grade of a D for Kirsten Gillibrand. Jay Inslee, I gave a D plus, and I, the only reason I gave him a D plus is because of the credibility other people gave him. He was terrible. He could have given him. He could have been an F on his own. Mm-hmm. The, the issue, though, they kept going back to him and saying, you know, he, you know, I'm just like Jay Inslee on the climate, and that helps with that <laughs> audience. So the fact that he was at least credible to that audience, I, I gave him a D plus. Cory Booker, I am definitely south of almost everybody on this one. I think Cory Booker sucks. Everyone yes. else thinks he's great. So I don't know how I don't know what I'm seeing that they're not seeing. I think he's so fake and and smarmy. Oh, awful. He's unlikable and unlikable, and went after Biden completely unfairly multiple times. Mm-hmm. I don't like Biden, man. But it's just like at least try to be fair. I gave Booker a C minus. Harris and Biden, I gave both C pluses. So that's a big downgrade for Harris. It's a slight upgrade for Biden. I thought Biden was a little bit better in this one, a little bit more on top of it. Harris was much worse. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was lost a lot of times and was getting hit from other directions. She seemingly didn't prepare for, though if she watched the Glenn Beck television program or News and Why It Matters, she would have been prepared for it because we <laughs> talked about it. Uh, Andrew Yang, I gave a B-. minus. Now, Yang has one point. He reminds me of... Um, of radio like when the dj is getting sick of uh, the celine dion song the audience is just getting to the point where they're starting to like it mm-hmm. i am sick of the one thousand dollars a month thing from yang though i don't think most people know it he's trying to play the hits yeah i thought he did a much better job this time he was pretty pretty good and at least got his voice out there castro i gave a b he's boring but he's, I think, competent. Extreme, too. He's very boring, very extreme. Especially like, on the border. He's a VP. He's he's talking himself into the VP hunt, though. Trying, I yeah. think so. Mm-hmm. And uh, Tulsi Gabbard, I gave an A-. minus. I thought she was oh, very solid. So uh, the best of the field. You're a clear winner there. I Tulsi so. Gabbard. I would think so, too. Yeah. She was yeah. great. I, you know, again, she's all these people are nuts policy-wise. I didn't judge them on policy. I right. only judged them on performance in that room. And that's how I felt right now. Yeah. Jim Garrity of National Review, also the author of Between Two Scorpions, a dangerous click novel. Uh, so, Jim, talk, talk to me a little generally here. I think, like, in 2016, the Republicans, I think, attempted at least to learn lessons about sort of the structure of this, where they had the kiddie table debates and the adult debates, and there's so many candidates, and I don't know if they have any idea how to deal with it. Looking at the way the Democrats have structured this, did they learn any lessons? Do you think this has improved the process at all? Yeah, I suppose if you're um, 
Andrew Yang or uh, Marion Williamson or uh, even, you know, Michael Bennett, who, believe it or not, is a senator from Colorado. <laughs> uh, he said, you know, very low, little, low, low name ID. But, you know, he is really he's a real person, America. John Delaney really exists. Uh, look, John Delaney has been on primetime debates for now. It's going to be four hours now, hmm. uh, maybe five, if you depending on your stopwatch. That's actually pretty good. You know, that's not something that Bobby Jindal got. And all he did was turn around the state of Louisiana yeah. uh, during his governorship down there. Um, one of the you know, look, I, I wrote yesterday in the, in the corner on National Review Online. There's there's not parties would never choose to have 25 presidential candidates as the uh, Democrats have this time. They would not choose to have 17. And my fear is that 2020, you know, Trump wins, Trump loses either way, you know, could have possibly two parties could have, you know, no incumbent nominee. Um, 25 might look like even small. There, there's nothing to, it's a tragedy of the commons. Everybody's got an incentive to run. Mm-hmm. Um, and they end up making it hard because think about it. Think about all the candidates who went into it wanting to be good in a debate. But the measuring stick is not, are you good in a debate? The measuring stick is, can you be memorable? And mm-hmm. that's a much higher bar to clear. And that's one of the reasons, like, you know, Marianne Williamson talking about dark psychic forces, that's memorable. You know, how your health care plan would affect the uh, current health insurance of union members in Michigan, that's probably not going to be as memorable yeah. uh, as everything else that's on there. So. It, it, does, it does incentivize sort of strange behavior in a way. It, you know, you have this situation, like the Delaney um, and Elizabeth Warren back and forth on health care was, I thought, really instructive to that. It's like Delaney was, I thought, on substance, just smoked her. I mean, he knew those, he knew the topics. Mm-hmm. He, he really had good knowledge of all. I mean, he went deep. He was impressive, I thought, uh, Delaney in that debate. And obviously he's working against a room who really wants, you know, something more left. But the memorable moment is Elizabeth Warren saying, well, why do you run for president if you don't want to try for difficult things? Well, what, you know, again, we were talking about this before. It's like it could be, well, well wing, let's, we're going to make wings sprout out of everyone's back. Well, that's a difficult thing, too. Yeah. But, you know, there are some things where you're limited. And, you know, he's making a very pragmatic, smart point. And the reward goes to Elizabeth Warren, who comes up with kind of a catchy line and everyone cheers at it. That's just you're incentivizing bad behavior. Yeah. Stu, if I'm ever on a debate stage, one of my rivals says, if we can dream it, we can do it. <laughs> I tell them, flap your arms and fly. <laughs> See how that works out? No. <laughs> Some things you dream you cannot do. Um, and it's interesting because everybody remembers Warren slamming uh, uh, Delaney. If you look back to what Delaney said the moment before she was saying, scoffing at him about his, his skepticism, his pessimism, his lack of ambition, it was he wanted to rebuild our, improve our infrastructure, uh, create jobs, raise wages, create universal health care. Uh, there was like one or two other fairly big goals in there. That's not an unambitious agenda. That's that's fairly standard issue Democratic politics. And, and you know, Elizabeth Warren is saying, Pshaw! oh, my goodness, can you believe this guy? You know, why should anyone, you know, run for president if you're going to talk about what you can't do? Well, I mean, for starters, there's the Constitution. Uh, there's there's limitations to the power of the president of the United States, the the need to build a consensus in Congress to get it through the House, to get it through that. There's judicial review, the checks and balances. Maybe what you're proposing isn't uh, constitutional. Um, you know, maybe it would be good to have, you know, let's have one debate where every candidate just gets up and say, I'd like to do X, but the, pa- the, constitu- power does not, the president does not have that power. Last debate, presidential candidates were saying, we're going to get rid of the filibuster. Mm-hmm. 
wait a minute, <laughs> the president doesn't decide what the Senate does with the filibuster. You know, it, it, it really turns into when I am king, I will do these things. And that's not how the American system works. And that, this just generally speaking, as uh, as a country, because this, I think, very much affects uh, the right as well. We really are at the point where we're just elevating these politicians into kings and heroes and you know you are judged as as your adherence to whatever they're talking about at a particular moment that seems to be certainly has certainly hit the you know the right side of the aisle it's i think certainly hitting the left side of the aisle as well and it is uh, the exact opposite of the way this country was formed and and the way we're supposed to be thinking about these things this is not supposed to be some big contest where we all run towards our hero and have them solve our all of our problems we have a system and it's worked pretty well for the last couple of hundred years it has uh, my former colleague and i'm sad to see him go jonah goldberg used to you know quote i believe it was our william rusher who was one of the publishers of national review who said you know uh, look you know you want to like a politician fine but never fall in love with a politician, and he didn't mean romantically. He just mm. meant, you know, that, that sense of where you put him up on a pedestal. Just because, you know, first of all, if you're a committed conservative or you have some sort of issues or pol- policies or beliefs you really believe in, sooner or later, that politician, nine, if not nine times out of ten, probably 99 times out of 100, they're going to have to compromise in some way. And you're going to look at that compromise and you're going to say, ah, oh, I can't believe they did that. What a, what a sellout. How could he do that, you know? But that's the nature of governing, right? That at some point you have to, if you want to get those 51 votes in the Senate, you want to get 60 votes if there's going to be a filibuster, you want to get a majority, you're going to have to give a little. You're going to have to say, okay, I'll give you some on column A and you, you give me some on column B. And that's, that's political reality. Mm-hmm. Those of us who care about these things tend to be, if not idealists, then we have this idea in our heads of, of how things ought to work. And sometimes that's plausible and feasible in the political realm and sometimes it's not. So the answer is to never get too attached to these guys. And I like to periodically joke, you know, look, presidents, Stu, they're temp workers. You know, you got a four-year contract. And if you're good, we'll keep you another four years. And after that, you're gone, yeah. even if we think you're doing a great job. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we shouldn't be thinking about them as these, you know, grand men of history who, you know, already picturing the statue of them on the horse that'll be, you know, somewhere in Washington or something like that. Yeah. Uh, Rushmore's filled up, full up, guys. Yeah. Yeah. Thank God. Um, so uh, let me give you this. Uh, let me give you a scenario here. I'll, I want to take off the table uh, Sanders and Kamala Harris and Warren and Biden. And I'm going to take Buttigieg, too, off the, off the table for you. You have to pick one person who you think has the best chance to win, not the one you want to you want to win, but the one who has the best chance to win. If you had to pull someone out of those lower tiers, what do you what do you do? Wow, that's that. You, seriously, deep down, it's a five-person race, mm-hmm. and that's that five you just took off the, the, <laughs> the table. There are the five. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess you know the for a while, Beto was generating excitement in the very beginning. Um, although I think looking back, I mean, I, I have really relished the the uh, the Icarus-like fall of Beto O'Rourke over the last year or two, because I remember writing about this guy uh, back during the early part of the Senate race, saying, eh, you know, look. Give him a little bit of credit. He's kind of charismatic. Um, he campaigns hard in his races that he mm-hmm. won for El Paso City Council. And there. But beyond that, no, he's not. You know, the only thing that's Kennedy-esque about this guy is his driving record. <laughs> and, uh, the, you know, and, and so the idea that it was better than usual for a Texas Democrat, but, mm-hmm. but you know, not this world beater. And that the only way he was going to beat Ted Cruz is if Ted Cruz was asleep at the switch. And that, that didn't happen. So he goes in there, and all of a sudden it's not you know him buoyed by a media that just absolutely loathes Ted Cruz. Right. 
and it's you know he, he doesn't have it, and he doesn't have the national media operating as his uh, uh, as his you know his press you know issuing press releases for him. He, he got glowing coverage, probably on par with Obama in 07 and 08. And now he put him on, and he just wilts, and all of a sudden the jump in on the diner comes kind of weird, mm-hmm. and you hear he tried to trick his wife into eating baby poop, and you're like, what's wrong with this man? <laughs> um, you know. So by that, by the standards of whoever had that stature early on, Beta O'Rourke had that kind of stature. Um, beyond that, uh, Booker is probably in the, the best shot, uh, the best shape in South Carolina, mm-hmm. um, and I think if he had stuck to what he had built his career on, kind of this. A little bit kumbaya-ish, but, you know, almost like Marianne Williamson, we're going to win this race with love, you know. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, look, Cory Booker, back in his Newark mayor days, was not a down-the-line lefty. Um, and so there was some potential there. But uh, I think the, the, one of the interesting stories about this 25-person race on the Democratic side is that early on it looks like most Democratic primary voters, or at least the people who are answering their phone for the polls, um, looked at the top, uh, the, the massive group, picked five dishes from the buffet table they liked, and they're really not interested in looking at the other options that much. Hmm. Yeah, no, I, I think that, that is the state of, of affairs at the moment. Um, before you go, Jim, can you give me a couple minutes, set me up to, uh, to read Between Two Scorpions? Sure. Um, for those who are used to reading me in politics, this is really not all that political. Uh, this was my attempt to uh, uh, vent some creative energies into hmm. the realm of the spy thriller. Uh, I love Brad Thor, Tom Clancy, uh, Daniel Silva, all that kind of stuff. Um, people who have read it have really enjoyed it. I think we're up to 118 reviews on Amazon. Uh, it is available at this point only on Amazon. So okay. if you really hate Jeff Bezos, I'm sorry to, t- I'm sorry to inform <laughs> you of that. Uh, available in Kindle, available paper book. It's an entire $13 in paperback. I think you can do that. Mm-hmm. Or if, you, if that's too much for your blood, it's a $3.99 in Kindle. And I think most people are, people are enjoying it. It is a kind of little quirky, a little bit odd, funnier than your typical thriller. Uh, but it really much is about a terrorist plot. I, I just kind of sat down and said, okay, if I were a terrible ter- terrorist, how would I attack America? How are we vulnerable? And without giving too much away, I think our social divisions, our, our cultural divisions are where we're very divided. And if somebody set out to tear apart our social fabric, um, I feel like we've done about half the work for them so far. So uh, thrills, chills, lots of people are enjoying it. So I'm, I'm very pleased with that. Hope everybody checks it out. Uh, good beach reading for the remainder of uh, summer that we have here. Very cool. Between Two Scorpions, a dangerous click novel. It's available now. Of course, you can get Jim stuff all the time on National Review. Jim, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me, Stu. Great to be here. It's Pat and Stu for Glenn on the Glenn Beck Program, 888-727-BECK. Kind of an unusual uh, circumstance. An, an amazing event happened on MSNBC the other day. <laughs> I think this was day before yesterday when... Um, Chris Matthews had Elizabeth Warren on his show, actually asked her a couple of pressing questions and kind of stuck to it. Uh, Amazing. Yeah. I don't know. You know, every, I don't know, four or five years, Chris Matthews says something reasonable. Yes. It's it's very rare, but it is possible. Really rare. I, I think actually Matthews, too, is more of an old school Democrat. Yeah, I think we so, We know too. he's old, but he's also <laughs> an old school Democrat. Uh, and I think he kind of relates more to that. He's definitely left and he's very he's terrible on things like accusing the other side of racism and all that stuff. But like mm-hmm. when it comes down to policy, I think he's more of a Michael Bennett than he is a Bernie Sanders. But listen to him push uh, Elizabeth Warren um, here on on actually how how are we going to pay for all these things? 
If you have Medicare for Life or government pay, uh, government health insurance, you'll have to have more benefits. And Bernie's talking about the eyeglasses, hearing aids, everything. Uh, there'll have to be more money. Oh, what? Well, your payroll go up. You, you guys dodged that tonight. Don't no, no, it's no, not you, a dodge. You it's because about James where... Because James saying, how much of your tax is going to go up? And you'd say... You, you, How much said, are your costs going to no, go no, down? No, no, no. Different question. How much are your taxes going No, go it's up? how much are your costs. Because I have a it's different how question. much. It's how much families end up so spending. I know that argument. I you know, know how you've covered it. It's not just an argument. You know, the Republicans did a study. And they hoped to show that Medicare for All was going to bust the budget. And you remember what it ended up showing? That Medicare for All is cheaper than our current system. That's the Republicans. I know the version. argument that you put it all together. You reduce the cost for health care premiums and you get more benefits. And therefore, you bet come out ahead. But will you pay more in taxes? Well, like why don't you want to answer that question? Because, because as Jake said tonight, that's a, a Republican talking point. It's not a Republican talking because point. This it's a is question. A, it's a question about where people are going to come out economically. Look, no, that's not I my spent, question. That's I not my question. My question is how much will life, taxes go up? Wow. I spent most of my life studying families that right. went cost. Okay, but there's no answer to the question where your taxes There are. is an answer to the question about your costs. How about taxes? Because it's costs that matter to people. I'm not kidding. That's amazing. That's amazing. She will not answer it. No, they won't. Because it's a, a huge tax increase. The largest taxes tax increase in the history of the world. Oh, obviously. absolutely. By far. By far. Not even close. It would be the biggest tax increase in global history, and it would not be remotely close if they were to pass that. Right. And, 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 and they, they can't say that. No. She, I'm surprised. I mean, Bernie will say it. Yeah, you know what? Taxes are going to go up, but your co- he'll say, your, but your costs are going to go down. Now, that's yeah. insane. It's not true at all. Uh, the idea that the the federal freaking government is going to save you money when they process every single visit mm-hmm. of yours to, to the doctor. There's absolutely is, no way. I mean, it's among the the most inane things I've ever heard in my entire life. Mm-hmm. One of the candidates in one of these debates, I don't remember which one it was, actually said bureaucracy would go down once the government manages it. What are you, nuts? <laughs> like, wait, have you ever been to the post office? Wow. Probably not. Have you ever have you ever tried to open up a business? Have you ever tried to do the most basic thing when you're interacting with the government? It's always a disaster. And the idea that yeah. like the private sector is the one screwing that one up with all the paperwork is completely bonkers. Anyone who believes it is crazy, right? And the idea that at 32 trillion dollars or whatever it is, that that is the actual cost is 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 Crazy. insane. We know it's insane. It's yeah. going to be much, much, much more than that. And once the government has control of all the levers, it's all going to change. It's just like you know when you're funding uh, colleges, those price costs are all going to go up because everyone's mm-hmm. going to know every cost is guaranteed by the government, and the quality will, will go, go down. down. Mm-hmm. You're listening to Glenn Beck.